Hello and welcome to another episode of Getting Deep with Phil and Az, brought to you by Wolfstat Media. I'm Phil. And I'm Az. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about the infamous Fire Festival. We both watched the Netflix documentary, uh, Fire, the greatest party that never happened, I think it was called. Yeah. Uh, very good story. I'd seen it before. Let's let's go straight into it. What do you think? Well, what were your initial thoughts? Did you know what to expect? I don't go to many festivals, but just the thought of having a festival on an island surely made it complicated from from day one. Yeah, a lot of uh, logistic problems, wouldn't there be? Because like, obviously, obviously, you've got to transport everything and everyone to that destination. Yeah, it's a little bit of a mad one, really. Like when you, when you think about it within context. But did you also watch the Hulu documentary? I haven't yet, no, but I have got, I've got it to watch. But Fire Fraud, that one's called. It was a Hulu documentary. Uh, I've seen that one too, and that's the one I've seen more recently. Although I must admit, I preferred the Netflix version. You, you've already seen the best one, aren't we? Yeah. When I saw the island that they wanted to do it on, it just brought back memories of um, Bear Grylls, the island. It was like, imagine uh, having a, a festival on that. Yeah, well, ironically, it probably turned out a little bit but like Bear Grylls, the island as well. Survival, people, yeah. People, yeah. People foraging for their own food and just hoping they survive because uh, it was a bit of a shambles in the end, wasn't it? I just don't understand. Like, Obviously, the ticket prices were extortionate and like, did no one even think to look up on it at first? Kind of thing? Or was it, it's literally just one of those generational things of, let's just get a ticket. Yeah, I think it was a generational thing. I think the problem is, it, the way it was built, and it, let's be honest, it was built as like the biggest festival of the year for like the Americas. When I think of sort of like that, influencer-heavy festivals, I think of Coachella in, in America, in LA. Uh, I've never been, obviously, but from what I understand, it's very influencer-heavy. It's very, uh, you know, you go there and you've got to get pictures on the gram. Otherwise, what's the point of you going? Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's, it's a very hip, cool place to be for the uh, for the millennials. So for our UK and Europe listeners, would that be, what, kind of like Glastonbury type thing? Uh, perhaps, although, yeah. Glast- was it bigger? Gla- Gla- uh, no, I'd say Glastonbury's bigger. Glastonbury's, like, huge. Like, huge, huge. Coachella's more like, um, I don't know, really. It's, it's difficult to say. It's, more, uh, it's like, um, they're a world apart. Like, if you were to see them, or if, if you were to go to both... Well, we're biased, so being English, British, we'd um, we'd probably favour Glastonbury. Yeah. Not just for location. If location didn't matter, I think we would still favour it. Or at least I would. I'll speak for myself. Uh, Coachella's a little bit more of the things that would get frustrating quite easily, aren't we? I think. Everybody almost vlogging their experience on their phones constantly, talking about Coachella, isn't it great to be here, etc., etc. Yeah, it's one of them. I mean, I personally would prefer Glastonbury. But yeah, it's a huge festival in the Americas still. And Fire was basically, uh, well, at least made to challenge that. It never happened, as the title suggests, the greatest party that never happened. Oh, can you remember some of the acts that were on the bill that night? Uh, I know Blink-182 were the first people to pull out, <laughs> which means they were uh, on the list for sure. Apart from that, yeah, a lot of modern bands, bands that would... Well, bands and artists that would pique your interest at least. Big at the time, you know. This this is like a, a festival that was pretty diverse musically, which is a good thing. It's what you want from a festival, really, until it all fell apart. It's just some of the names here, not that I know many of these people, to be honest. Pusha T, I've heard of Tiger, Designer, obviously Big White 2, 
Major Laser, I think I've heard of them or him or whatever it is. <laughs> Disclosure, <laughs> Migos, Skepta, I've heard of. So, yeah. a couple of big names, but not something that I would go to. Okay, yeah. I'm the the back end of the old uh, of the youth generation. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. What I mean? If if uh, I don't want to speak for you, Harvey, you tell me what you think. But if if we were to go, we'd be there for Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah, late nineties glory. That's literally the only band I go for. I've heard of Skepta and Tiger and things, but yeah, not my not my genre of music. Absolutely. So, for those of you that, that don't know, uh, Fire was created by a man called William McFarlane, I think, nicknamed Billy McFarlane. Yeah, Billy McFarlane. Yeah. Uh, and it was always his aim to team up with American rapper Jarrell. You a fan of Jarrell, Harvey? Know much about him? Uh, not really. He was there, obviously, in our younger days. He was yeah. on the scene, if you know what I mean. But not someone I go to for my music. So. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Again, different culture, isn't it? So, yeah. So, we've heard of Ja Rule, obviously. Uh, this was the first time that we heard of uh, Billy McFarlane. Now, they teamed up, and it was their aim to create an app called Fire, which would have been able to book bands so as far as I'm aware, I think in the Hulu documentary, they explained that if, for example, Coldplay were on the app, you wanted Coldplay at your wedding, you wanted Coldplay at your birthday, you could offer them a fee through the app and they could choose whether or not to accept it. Not a bad concept. Again, that didn't happen, obviously. It <laughs> fell apart. But what's your thoughts on the app side of things, Arby, with, with, with that? App type of things is the modern way of doing things. Cut out the middleman, jobs are good. But um, obviously, all these bands, like, obviously, like Big One at Two at the time, like you say, Coldplay, they've all got management agencies. Yeah. So they would have to go through the, the Fire app themselves to book their bands. And like, when we Chris Martin himself for Coldplay, so yeah, well, we'll book ourselves for the Fire, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, so, no, no, of course, of course, I understand that. It would have been very good in a sense that, well, any Tom, Dick or Harry could have just booked Coldplay in that sense. Do you know what I mean? Like, how, how would me and you ever get in touch with the band or the management of Coldplay to say, hey, look, can we have, um, can we have Coldplay play at Harvey's wedding, please? Yeah. So in theory, it would have been, it's a good idea. You know? If we had a, a, a ton of money, which we don't, but if we did and they were contactable through this Fire app, maybe we could make an offer. Maybe they would actually accept and we would, we would, uh, be able to party with Coldplay. It all sounds good, don't get me wrong, but we all know how easy <laughs> yeah. things can go wrong by the festival itself. Absolutely. But as, as like a starter idea, not too bad. Obviously, the next step was getting the location. It was the Exumas in, in America. It was advertised as an island once owned by Pablo Escobar. Now, the people that they bought the island from, or leased the island from, not too sure. I think they leased it. Yeah, at least, yeah, but they said they bought it. Yeah, you're right. Again, see, there comes a confusion. You're right. So they, le yeah, let's say they leased the island. They were told, look, please don't say that it's Pablo Escobar's former island. Yeah, okay, idolised by many. But he was a criminal. Do you know what yeah. I mean? He, he was. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a difficult one. They, they chose not to listen. And in the promotional video, they decided to use the the title, formerly owned by Pablo Escobar, not off to a great start. No, but again, why would you? Why would you want to associate that name with anything anyway? If it, 
If you want it to work, surely you keep it legitimate. Like, wouldn't that be a, a red flag from the start if if a big company wants to start a festival advertising Pablo Escobar? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't sound great, does it? No, no, true. Um, you're, you're, you might be right there, but like I say, he's idolised by so many people. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's like, I'm, I'm not sure, like one of the most infamous drug barons in the world, if not the most infamous, do you know what I mean? So, he's one of them people that everyone knows, let's be honest, everyone's heard the name. So they're probably using that as a as a market employee. That's why they used it. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. So I say, I get it. I just don't understand why they would use that name when they've been specifically told not to. Yeah. So then they lost the island that they were originally going to do it on, which wasn't <laughs> any better than the one they did it on or tried to do it on. But yeah, very true. Yeah, of course. That's that's a whole different sort of part of the podcast, of isn't it? But it leads nicely into the next part. You're right. <laughs> the original destination. Where in the promo video wasn't the place where they actually thought to have the have the festival in the end. They had to go somewhere else. Again, lying to their audience a little bit. Uh, not entirely fair. At this point, you know what? They're still trying to make a go of it legitimately. So how much blame do you put at their door this early? I put a blame, not, not early on, because even watching the documentary, it wasn't until it all went to part, which we'll get to in the end, but... It wasn't until that started kicking off they realised it was never going to happen. So it was no one's blame, really. They just didn't do their homework. Yeah, I think that's fair, you know, because obviously it ended up becoming like a snowball effect, just rolling downhill, gathering momentum and just basically rolling out of control, really. I think the issue is, obviously, this Billy or William McFarlane gets all, all the stick for it. But he did hire his his mate, whatever, who's done festivals before, and not once did he share his concern. So surely that's Billy doing his his homework, going right. Who's the best person for this? I think his name is Richard or someone. Yeah, it's his job to say, look, this isn't going to work one hundred percent. Yeah, he kind of kept it around a bit until it was too late. Then he said, oh no, you cover your track, basically. The impression I got from him in the documentary was he was very sort of like flashy. Billy, for a start, was very, very much problem solver. Although I say that with a grain of salt, because yeah, he might fix a problem, but he doesn't fix it properly. You know what I mean? It's like putting masking tape over a hole in your boat. It might fix it for like a minute, but then you know, you know, it's going to go again. Um, it's tough, really. It's tough. You're right, though. Common sense would suggest. Well, we're putting on a festival for the first time. Who's the best person I know for that that can see this through? And you're right, maybe he hired the right guy. Or so he thought. Or so he thought, yeah. Until it got to the end. But again, we'll get to that part. But for me, watching it, Billy did nothing wrong until it went wrong. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Until he started um, defrauding people, really. Let's be honest, that's what it was, wasn't it? It was was a big, big con. But, you know what, we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, are we? I want to talk about the influencer side of things. So, once the location was sorted, or the location that they thought they were going to use for the festival, they decided it would be a good idea to hire some of the most glamorous, beautiful women in the world, uh, the ones with the most following on Instagram. So, these are these are women like, you know, Emily Ratajkowski and Hayley Bieber at the time, or Bieber now. And, yeah, these, these women are, you know elite level models and millions of followers 
These are the kind of people that can sell snow to the Eskimos type things. Yeah, absolutely. Just based on their influence. Yeah. And they didn't really know what they were getting themselves into. Let's be honest. They were given a fee for their appearance and they turned up to do the work uh, to get paid, obviously. They promoted the festival. They were part of the promotional video. It was their job to continue promoting the festival all the way up until it started, I think. I feel a little bit sorry for them in hindsight because obviously they didn't. They weren't to know how terrible it was, you know, going to turn out. Haley Bieber, for example, I remember reading she donated her fee to the workers that didn't get paid. I think. Okay. So she didn't make any money off of it in the end. Do you see what I mean? Uh, so that's at least something. I'm not sure if all of them did it, but I do remember seeing Haley Bieber do it. So again, the way it was promoted was come to this island. There used to be Pablo Escobar's. It's going to be an absolutely amazing music festival. It's going to have top-of-the-range everything there. Top-of-the-range food, top-of-the-range music. You're going to have an amazing time. And you're going to be able to party with elite-level women in the modelling industry. This could be you, was how it was um, yeah. how it was portrayed, you know? Are they lying at this point? Or are they just getting the marketing spot on? Because, to be honest... It blew up in the sense of, oh, what's this? There was there was an interest from it from day one. See, for, for my angle watching it, not for one minute did I think that it wasn't going to happen. Obviously, the documentary ha- is around because it did happen, but like, not for one minute did I think it would go wrong watching it. It looked like Billy had it all under, under control. Yeah, at the right people. Obviously, the models got involved. Surely they would have done it if they didn't think it was going to go ahead. Yeah, of course. So everything looked gravy. You know what I mean? It was all good. Went from there, but... Yeah. So I remember a lot of criticism came sort of like about the festival because it was aimed at millennials who don't know better, really. Their fear was, and I don't mean to speak for everyone, obviously, but their, their fear was... In the sense of, in the same way, sort of Coachella's a little bit like this. If it's happening, I need to be there. No way of spots or maybes. I don't care about the price. I need to be there. This is the next big thing. I don't want to call it delusional, Harvey, because obviously people. But you're gonna. <laughs> well, yeah, but people, no, people were expecting it to happen. We know with the benefit of hindsight, it didn't. So, what do you think about them people that actually paid the money to go there, that got let down really? Because like, sorry to interrupt, but a lot of the, a lot of what I was saying is because people sort of like our age would say on the social media, you know, the social media keyboard warriors would say, well, like, they deserve it for being so stupid. Ha ha! Like, let's laugh at them together. I don't blame them at all. Being given this opportunity to go to this massive festival and Glastonbury, that that hasn't gone wrong yet, obviously. But people go; it's massive. People want to be part of the next big thing. I was at the first Fire Festival, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, like you say, on the Instas and all that kind of thing. Um, so you can't blame them at all. But we've always grown up with, if it sounds too good to be true, it generally is. Yeah. Now, this sounded amazing, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And if I just look at the, at the price of a ticket, it was upwards of $1,200 a ticket. <laughs> so if, you, if you're paying that money, you expect something. Yeah. <laughs> they were expecting a festival. Right, they were expecting good music uh, to be part in with you know Hollywood elite, 
let's be honest, not necessarily Hollywood elite and actors, but, you know, the LA top of the range, like I say, the models, there's Jarrell there, I'm sure there would have been several musicians there that are just there not to perform but to party, do you know what I mean? Luxury accommodation Yeah, well. every, everyone was promised a villa, basically. Obviously that didn't turn out to be true, again, we'll get on to that in a little while. But they were promised the world, paid a lot of money, and ended up disappointed. <laughs> yeah, and in the process... According to what I can read here, Fire Media, the company, claimed to be worth ninety million. Like based on this and their previous experience, like ninety million they made. So basically, what we're saying is, Billy McFarlane conned people out of ninety million pounds worth of well, ninety million dollars worth of money. Is that right? Pretty much, yeah. Well, the whole company as a whole, ninety million. It was going to be massive, and again, if it didn't do it on an island, practicality of it. Like in a field, like do it, just do it up real nice and that. Yeah, they they could have got away with it. No, well, got away with it because of, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it could, could have, have happened. It, pulled it off. The fire could have ignited. Yeah, fair. Um, you're right. I think I think the problem was, and the first problem is once they had started, that was their vision, and they didn't think of anything else. Or secondly, you're right in a sense. Like it could have just been in America. In, in like a field somewhere, although I must admit, oh, a field is very British. Coachella, for example, is in a desert. Okay. <laughs> but something like that, though, you know what I mean? It might have lost its glamour because this is billed as, oh, wow, come party in the, you know, Exumas, Bahamas. Beautiful women, beautiful sea, beautiful scenes, beautiful music. Uh, maybe a festival in a field <laughs> isn't painted in the best light. But you're right. If you get people there and they enjoy it, they'll go to anything. You've seen the mudslides that happen at festivals, right? The thing is, people don't pay their money to stay in luxury and stuff. They pay their money to see the acts. Yeah. And the experience, you know what I mean? I know camping is a very British thing as well, but... But to do it on island, they just hit, hit a snag from day one. You're right. There were so many problems, I don't even know where to start, Harvey. But let's try and continue. So, people were buying tickets. It sold out very fast from what I'm aware Again, it was the must-go-to event. If you weren't at this event, you were nowhere, basically. Influencers, millennials, they had to be there. Do you know what I mean? They just simply couldn't miss this. Because if they did, they'd get FOMO, probably. Fear of missing out. So it was booked as that. Look, they had to be there. They had to attend. When they started asking questions, how are we getting there? Well, the promotional video said private jet. Wow, that's luxurious. Again, how are they paying for this? Didn't cross their mind. I've got to be there. But when they started asking questions, surely it should have raised a few sort of like suspicions when those comments on their Instagram posts were being deleted by the admin of the <laughs> of the um, Fire Festival page. You know what I mean? So if you've just spent $1,200 on a festival and you're like, I'm just going to tweet them or you know, put put a, a message in one of their sort of like posts on Instagram to say, by the way, where do I need to be and what time for this festival? And you get blocked, deleted, and you can't contact them again. Surely at that point you're thinking, uh-oh, this is, might just be a big scam here. Which I would think as well. But if I was buying a ticket, like not obviously not $1,200, you know what I mean? I have got that. But even if I was buying a ticket for, say, $50 or whatever, £30 or whatever, I'd be like, right, I'm buying, I'm buying a ticket for, say, Blink-182. I don't even think you'd get a beer at a festival <laughs> no, for £30, are no. we? No, but let's just say I was... Me and you wanted to go watch Blink-182. 
the first thing we do is go, where is it? What time is it? What date is it? How are we getting there? How are we getting there? Where are we staying? Yeah. Before I even buy a ticket. <laughs> yeah. Now, they bought a ticket because they wanted one like that. Right, bang. Ticket. Now what? Who who does that? Yeah, you're right. Millennials, apparently. <laughs> Millennials, you're right. No. But me and you are very different, are we? We'd be called boomers. We're, we're old school. Do you know what I mean? We're, we're past it a little bit. In our 30s, old school. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Old school. But you know what? It's a place to be. Probably not. But <laughs> it's a place to be. No, look, but you're right. That's us being being mature and handling it well. Whereas the millennials, like I said, they don't have time to think. They're like, this could be sold out. If I if I take one minute to consider if I want to go to this festival or not, and they sell out and I don't get to go, and all my friends do, I'm going to be the laughing stock of my group or the internet or whatever. Do you know what I mean? You've got to bear in mind, with these millennials and influencers, Harvey, they can't miss a step. They miss a step. And like I say, if they're not there... And everyone else big and you know in that sort of industry is, then they're over. Do you know what I mean? Not necessarily over, but do you see what I mean? They're they're so they're out of the loop. They miss a trick. So the marketing must have been amazing now. Let, well, let's let's be honest, right? Like, imagine the festival did go ahead. Getting like elite model women, like top, like we're talking elite, Harvey. These are top of the range. Do you know what I mean? Front cover of Vogue and shit. They were so big in their sort of like field. Do you know what I mean? And and they really were. Seeing the promotional video, it did look good. That's their job though. There's a job to sell it. And they did. They sold it well because obviously it sold out. In hindsight, perhaps like we say, you could laugh at the people who were so stupid. Maybe that's not the right word, but so stupid to buy the tickets without really having any information to go on. But imagine that fear, like I say, of spending $1,200 on a ticket and you go, I'm just going to contact them to see when I can when I, when I can get on my private jet that's going to take me to this island. Oh, I'm blocked. What's going on here? Red flag. Red flag for me would be, yeah, private jet. I'm thinking, well, how is every, if everyone's getting there by private jet, how many jets are going to need? <laughs> yeah, it was the same one, just going back and forth <laughs> to 100 trips in a day. You know what I mean? Again, logistically, doesn't make any sense, does it? Well, bear in mind, you can buy a ticket from anywhere in the world. If you're going to get a private jet from London to Bahamas. That's a very good point, Harvey. Yeah, I like it. But I don't, obviously. It failed. But you know what I mean. The problem started mounting up for Billy and his team. It's fair to say, yeah? Yeah. And it was one problem after another. And basically, the information I got and the information that was told to me in the fire fraud interview, because I don't know if you know this, Harvey, but Billy was in that documentary. They interviewed him uh, in, in the Hulu documentary, Fire Fraud, right? Which is a bit shitty because they paid him to appear in a fest, in a programme, a documentary, criticising him and his attempts, you know what I mean? Regardless, basically I think what he said was something along the lines of a problem would arise and we would throw money at it to fix it and then tomorrow it would be another problem and they had to do it again. They had to keep trying to pull rabbits out of the hat to stay afloat. Again, red flag should have been there waving. Do you know what I mean? Like, maybe, look, look, we promised an elite-level festival. Let's maybe tone that down a little bit. Let's, let's see if we can get away with spending a little less money so we can maybe make a profit. But I think the problem was, with Billy, once he had that vision in his head, like I said, 
he um, he ran with it, and nothing was going to stop him trying to achieve that because he wanted to be, you know, oh wow, Billy McFarlane, he throws on hell of a party. You swing for the fence that far, yeah, that it goes out of the ballpark. I mean, you're, it's hard to get it back once it's gone. It absolutely blew up, didn't it? They had people from the Bahamas working on the festival site for free, who were promised to be paid after the festival. Again, they were sort of like left out of pocket. Totally unfair on them because it's a beautiful location. We'll both agree on that. Be beautiful seas, clear, clear as anything. You know, in beautiful beaches, beautiful place. And these people, bless them, they were just trying to earn a buck. Really, oh wow, they're having a festival here. That'd be cool. I'll, I'll try and help set up. Promised to be paid after the festival. Never came round. They never got paid. Disgusting, really. See. Is it seems like this? If it, if they were to pull it off, great for the community of the island. Yeah, no, absolutely. They'd like, be open huge again. You know what I mean? And that's how you get a boom. And like, I'm not saying that it, it is poverty, but obviously, I'm, I'm guessing jobs are hard to come by. Yeah. So every year it brings community and money to the island and the the community of the of the people on the island. But out of all the money they raise selling tickets, surely they could have got paid. You, well, you would have hoped so. I mean. The problem was, at that point, when it was too late, and Billy had just gone, oh, God, I've messed up here, I'm off. Do you know what I mean? He basically scarpers. Yeah, at that point, there were probably, you know, a lot of people angry at him, and that's an understatement, but a lot of people who had worked hard for days on end, day and night, to try and get this place looking like it did in the video, already up against it, let's be honest, because they didn't have the, the materials to pull it off in the way it was portrayed. But still, you know what, I I, feel, I do feel sorry for them most of all, you know, because, like I said, they worked for free, they were hoping that something would come of it. You're right, it might have import, uh, improved a, a poor part of the world, if that makes sense, and yeah. and hopefully you're going, well, look, if this is back next year, then next year, then next year, and it gets bigger and bigger every year, turns into, you know, another festival every, that, that, you know, is coming around yearly, yeah, of course they're going to be happy with that because, like you say, it improves the community around the area. Yeah, they must have been devastated. Do you know what I mean? So talking about throwing money at things, Harvey, right? Again, is this not a little bit of a red flag? I want, I want to know what you think. Billy and his team were trying to raise some money. So what he thought was a good idea was to send an email to uh, all of the people who had bought a ticket. He said, this is a cash-free festival. You think, oh, that's fairly modern, you know what I mean? Like, everything's contactless these days, really, wireless. But what happened is, you're, you're given, like, a, a wristband, right? This wristband is loaded with money, pre, pre-loaded with money, yeah. bearing in mind. And basically, like, you know, you, you want to go, I want some food, I'll, I'll just scan my wrist, and then, beep, that comes off my total. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. In theory, it makes sense. And I'm, I'm sure, pretty sure, it's been used elsewhere with good success. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's not that bad of an idea. But, again, with the benefit of being able to see the show and realise what actually happened, it was just a way for Billy and his team to raise money for the next thing that went wrong. You know what I mean? The next problem. So this email went round and said, uh, please top up your wristbands. We recommend $500 a day, or 250 to $500 a day. This is a cash-free festival. This is how you'll be able to pay for things on on site. Is that red flag for you? Or is that just modern modern day, really? 
I would have read it, I would have gone, yeah, no problem, I'll do my cash the day before I go. Yeah, that, that would have been good. Not, not weeks before, like, yeah, I'm going to load my card up now, my wristband with $2,000 or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And you've already, like you say, you've already spent $1,200 on a ticket. And yeah, you're right, before you've even set foot on the island, you, you're being asked for more money. Uh, now, don't get me wrong, like, in theory, it would have made sense, because, like you say, you don't want to be messing around with money on the day. It's so much easier just to go, like, beep, there you go. We've well, we all do it these days with our, with our phone. So. Yeah, like wireless and contactless and all, all that, all our devices that are capable of that. Makes a lot of sense. Is scam a harsh word? Were they scammed out of more money because of this trick? Scammed in a way that they didn't know they were asking for money for that reason. Obviously, the money went down, eh? As soon as they transferred the money to their wristband or whatever. Yeah. But it's not... It, the scam because they didn't know. But that literally is what would have probably happened anyway. Yeah, okay. But he was just trying to, obviously, raise money initially, and then... Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing to kind of put it back. Or to pay someone that needed paying to make sure the festival went ahead. Yeah. I think I remember hearing they spent £2 million on alcohol, <laughs> which, ironically, was held by the... Uh, Board Agency or something? Yeah. Like, which that Richard went and going crazy by doing some kind of nasty deed, although he didn't need to. Yes, we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> I want to talk about that, for sure. So, yeah, uh, it was held by the... You're right, the Border Agency. And... <laughs> they had to pay to have it released because it it was due to be taxed, basically, because it was travelling from one country to another. Again, a problem they didn't see arise until it happened too late, unfortunately. Two million on alcohol. That's a lot. It's a lot, but obviously two million pounds worth. It's not... We don't know how much that is, but... Okay, you're right. Obviously, if you're involving tax on it and transport of it... And you're selling it for a profit. And you're selling it for a profit, yeah. So they probably got about four four million pounds worth of alcohol there. Yeah, maybe more, arguably. So yeah, it was Richard, like you say, that went and go pick it up, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> and we're getting, well, Harvey mentioned the deed. The deed did not have to be done. He, I think he was willing to do the deed, though. The deed was, uh, I think it was Billy that told him, so Richard, please can you go pick up this alcohol Stuck at the border agency. They're not letting it go until we pay. We've got mo- no money. Can you please go suck his dick so he releases this alcohol? Whether he thought that was metaphorically a joke, just like the thing, just to have a word, you know what I mean, like pamper a bit. Yeah. But he was willing to actually do it. Yeah. To get this festival on. Now, some would say, what a god, but you know. <laughs> yeah. He, he, uh, let's make it clear. He didn't need to. They did release it in the end. They did release it in the end, and he didn't have to go through with the act. But the way it was sort of like portrayed in the documentary was, take one for the team here, Rich. Come on, please do it for us, please. And he's like, well, my hands are tied here. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I've got to go. I've got to go do. I've got to go suck his dick. And we don't even know if he was gay. You know what I mean? <laughs> that, that was never clarified. He please go suck this straight guy's dick so he releases some alcohol for us. Just shows you how desperate they were, then, eh? How much of a well sticky situation they're in that, <laughs> <laughs> that they had to go and. Do such a thing just yeah. to release some alcohol. Do you think? Do you think the world will be a better place if they, if you know things like that happen more often? Are they? <laughs> Possibly. Don't right. know. So if you ever need alcohol releasing, that's how you do it, right? You send someone to give a straight guy a blowjob. We assume he's straight. We don't know. He could be gay. He could have enjoyed it. Who knows? Either way, they, they got the alcohol, but basically that's two million pounds wasted. 
Yeah, £2 million wasted. What they decided to do with that alcohol when the guests started arriving was plastering them with it. It makes sense because you've, betray- you've, you've given them this dream of a dream festival, Epic Island festival that is going to be elite. You know what I mean? In reality, it wasn't that at all. It was terrible. Right, how do we calm them down and get them less disappointed? Ply them with alcohol. Just give them alcohol. And from what we saw in the documentary, I mean, that people had bottles of spirits and were just pouring it down each other's throats. There was literally nothing else to do at that point. It's, it's the fact that in the documentary we see him getting off a plane, just like a normal standard plane. I mean, no, no private jet that they were promised. But Spoiler. Spoiler, sorry, yeah, spoiler. <laughs> uh, so they didn't get the jets. They're just a normal standard airline, which is fine. They got there, right? They got to the island, yeah. right? So that, that that's not an issue. They didn't get there how they wanted to, but they got there. Please just put a pin in that for me, Arvi, because I want to come back to that. Remember that bit. Okay, yeah. And then, obviously, they get off the plane. They're like, where do you go from here? There's nothing put on for them, so they kind of get directed to like a, like a cafe, bar-type area. Where they again, like you said, they get started plastered with alcohol. And obviously, we only see a small group of people. There's probably hundreds of people there, thousands if if not. But there's a couple of peop- people there, there enjoying themselves. None the wiser that there's actually no festival going to go on. And, yeah. And then they get get on like a, like a coach or a bus and get down to the area, and then it just just looks like someone out of ET or something. ET. Come <laughs> on, I haven't heard it called that. Just look like Area Fifty One or something. Yeah, no, I totally understand what you mean. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so the thing I wanted to come back to, Arby, right? Me and you putting ourselves in the hypothetical position where we bought a ticket, twelve hundred dollars. Yeah. And we're promised a private jet, and we go. Right, red flag number one comes when you're blocked by the admin of the Fire Festival page when you ask a question about how you get into the island. So that's red flag, and I'd like to think one of us if not both of us, would have been smart enough to go, that's weird, something not right there. Okay, red flag number two, get an email through. Uh, please top up your wristband bracelets. It's a cash-free festival. We recommend $500 a day to get you your food, your drink, and everything you need for the day. And it's cash-free, like I said, so nice and easy. Maybe red flag number two? I'll tell you what, I'll go orange flag on that one. Because I think, you're right, after a conversation, me and you would have gone, no, but that's the way it's done these days. But we would have waited until the day before we left. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Or at least tried to find, you know, similar people that we know had done it and maybe been done it successfully. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We wouldn't have gone in blind, I would have, <laughs> I would have liked to think, right? Red flag number three, when you arrive at the airport, promise a private jet and it's a commercial jet. Do you still get on that plane? I probably wouldn't because you've had those two red flags. You had the, the orange flag, like you said. Like, hang on a minute, we haven't got this, we haven't got that. We're being like asked for money. And so. We'd have probably cut our losses, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. We'll try to sell them to put some other poor soul. <laughs> yeah, probably at the airport, you try to sell them, yeah. But uh, no, it's just like for, for me, you're saying, I've got to have like, a smooth ride through. Yeah, no, it makes sense. All, and if I'm getting doubts on anything I, I just kind of cut my losses that, that's it because yeah. it's only going one way and that's downhill you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah so hypothetically Harvey let's say we get on the plane right yeah we get there we arrive 
we're probably in a good mood, you know, we're about to experience a new festival, it's, it's exciting, we're going to see some good music, hopefully some beautiful women, that's what it was described as in the promo video, yep. beautiful like sun, sea, sand, sex and air, eh? and then we're given a school bus to ride in, to our destination, okay, right, you need to get from A to B, right, you need to get from the airport site to the festival site, let's be honest, trans- transport there isn't a big deal really. It's not, but you expect it to be like in the close of the festival and fire it on it, like private escort type thing. Yeah. Made to feel important. Yeah, so it. you're being picked up by the company to take you to the de- destination. Yeah. That's what you would want to <laughs> expect anyway. But you actually get the magic school bus. <laughs> Nothing magical about this one, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, there were sort of like people vlogging on the bus. Again, sort of laughing it off as a bit of irony. Saying we were promised a private jet, we got a commercial jet. We were promised, you know, decent luxury accommodation. We were promised decent luxury transport. We're in a school bus, and I think maybe the wheels started turning because I think at that point I remember a guy saying, "What have we done? We've just wasted all our money." And maybe that's when people start. It started to dawn on people. You know, what I mean, maybe they needed to see it with their own eyes. Yeah. Except the thing that sealed it was when they went round the corner. And saw the festival site and thought this was not how it was pictured. Now, to be fair, it was behind schedule. But again, the task was too big for the for the workforce, right? So I think what they did first was drop them off at a sort of like cafe bar sort of area. And at that point, you know, they're on the beach, literally bar, sand, sea, in that order. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is how close it was to the beach. It was beautiful. And yeah, they go there, they have a drink, and then I remember the woman who owned the owned the bar being asked the question, like where like where do we go from here? Where can I get my luggage? And she was like, I don't, well, I don't know what you're on about. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's got nothing to do with me. I don't even know why you're here. I mean she did obviously for the festival. Yeah. But she meant in her bar, yeah. do you know what I mean? So that was a bit strange, but yeah, then they carried on to the festival site, like I said. And then that is when it hit home. Because you could see it in their faces. They were like, oh, God, what's this? You know, what has happened here? We were promised luxury villas. We were promised luxury accommodation. I think what they actually used was hurricane like equipment. So in a disaster, these are temporary accommodation for families who have, you know, sadly lost a house or something like that. Yeah. Not the glamour they were promised. And I, I remember while watching it, I think in, it, was a, it was a free-for-all for these mattresses, and they were just getting... Soaked and because of the rain and stuff, is basically grab your own mattress, take it back to your little, little <laughs> tent type thing. Every man for himself. <laughs> Water and food here, take what you want. Yeah, it was crazy, wasn't it? At that point, surely, like you know, we're getting into the realms of what is going on here. Do you know what I mean? This, this, I mean, we've had like a mess up, but Christ, this is bad. I forget to add, actually, some people at the airport, I think it was. And I don't know if it was the airport before they travelled or after they travelled. They got the tweet through from Blink182, who said they were pulling out from the festival. That would have been very disappointing for me and you, Harvey. Maybe that would have saved us. Because if we saw that tweet before we got on the plane, and they were the only band we were there to see, I think that would have sealed it. I think that we would have gone, you know what? Nah, no point. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Depends how much you know fun we wanted anyway, but well, tough to say. So bands had already started pulling out at this point as well. Do you know what I mean? It, it's a tough one. Uh, Blink-182 used the excuse... Well, not the excuse, the perfectly valid reason that 
they wouldn't be able to perform at their top top level without the right equipment and without the right equipment and that wasn't provided for them so that they're not going to play do you know what i mean because you've seen sort of like behind the scenes are we with like bands and stuff usually there's a massive entourage a truck technicians sound technicians you know what i mean sorting out all their equipment for them and again it was a logistics error probably well how are they going to get all their equipment <laughs> to here do you know what i mean again what a what a stupid idea do you know what i mean in reality Obviously, when you saw the tent, um, not the tent, the staging things, it, it did look good. But, yeah, yeah. But there, it, it looked good. We're kind of ready for some kind of like gig or festival. It's a shame it was never used. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those things where like they raised so much money, but it didn't execute everything. It, what basically you think where's that money gone then? Yeah, and I think I think that's I think that's the problem, right? Is that's why he is considered Billy McFarland is considered a fraud. Because not only were you, don't get me wrong, right? Marketing is there for to sell you stuff. That worked perfectly. The mark, I've got no problem with the marketing side of things, right? You obviously got the money. Yeah, it got the, the money and it did the job. It did what it was supposed to do. You're right, sell the tickets. The problem was when they couldn't make the festival look like the promotion, promotional video and all the you know all the luxurious sort of pictures you see going around, things like that. It's hard, really is hard. Like, but that's probably that's why he went to prison. <laughs> Ultimately, that's why yeah. he is under the American law. He is a criminal, and he got sent down for six years, I think, for fraud. In the end, is that harsh? Was he was he just a man with a dream that couldn't pull it off? Because fraud's a strong word. I think it's the extent of loss across yeah. the board. I think if you were selling tickets for a hundred dollars, they'd probably probably gone, Oh that that was disappointing. Oh wait a hundred dollars. Oh, you know what? It's not worth the hassle. <laughs> the mo- amount of money and the letdown of losses of the, the workers and things, that's the reason he's been to prison. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of people got let down because of his stupidity. Yeah. You know what I found really sort of like sickening, if that's the right word? Billy left the Bahamas and he went straight into a penthouse. He got arrested by the FBI, investigated, bailed, and was living in a penthouse while he was on bail awaiting his court date. Like, you know, we're talking like an elite level penthouse here, mate, you know what I mean? I think there was even footage of him with his mates around in the penthouse having a laugh and a joke about things. Yeah, they were. And they were trying to sort of dream up their next project. Was that not when he was living back with his his parents or something? He decided to try and do another scam of some... Some sort. Yeah, I think I but think we're on bail. Like, yeah, I think I think you're right, mate. Yeah, he tried to do he tried to do something. Surely he would have learned from his mistakes, but we will never know. You can relate this to gambling a little bit. Like he gambled so much on this festival. Yeah, that he's he was trying to trying to rectify it in in whatever way he could do by then doing another bet. And you know what I mean, like. Yeah, gambling again to try and pay off the first gamble. But we know how that goes on when you start chasing, chasing losses. You cut your losses. You yeah, that's it. I think the difficulty was he didn't know when to stop. And you're right, it's that sort of gambling addiction <clears throat> problem where you don't know when to quit. And he should have known when to quit. He should have been smarter than he was. Because he comes across as a smart guy, an ambitious guy. He knows some important, powerful people by the looks of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It just went the wrong way for him, unfortunately. At his own, you know, mistake, of course. No one else's fault. But it's tough. It really is tough. Because 
I can see that, yeah, he wanted to pull it off. It's probably a little bit of an ego thing as well. He wanted to be the guy that created Fire Festival. Wow, what a man. You know, his part, have you been to one of his parties? Oh, my God, they're amazing. You get that FOMO because you're not there. I admire the vision. The execution was literally should have been an execution. It was terrible. Obviously not made easy by people like Jarrell within the in his party type of thing. He was all for it, but not once did he take the rap for it. He actually distanced himself from it, I think, which, again, might not be admitting responsibility, which is not really fair, because in the footage that we saw, Harvey, at least at the start of the festival, or at the start of the documentary, sorry, he was heavily involved. Oh, yeah. He might not have been making decisions behind the scenes, but he was there at, at important meetings. Do you know what I mean? And let's be honest, they were probably going to use his connections in music and things to book acts and his fame to bring attention to the festival. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, for him to distance himself like that is a little bit snidey, in my opinion. Although it wasn't him that ended up getting a conviction, obviously. It was Billy. So, yeah, it really is tough. Could the rest of his, his party, his company type thing that was involved... Could they have not got in trouble as well, being part of it? They knew it wasn't going to go ahead. They knew what was going on. Yeah. I think I, I think the problem was, right, Billy, from what I understand anyway, Billy was so deluded and so strong in his opinion that this festival had to happen at the absolute tip-top level. There could not be any way that this could not happen. We need to throw money at it, throw money at it. We need to go get you to suck a guy's dick to get the alcohol, go suck a guy's dick. You know what I mean? Nothing is stopping us having this festival. It needs to happen. Ego probably got in the way a little bit, I think. If he, if he was well connected as they said he was, couldn't they have gone, right, this is a massive fail here, but we're getting this on, at whatever cost, just to save face? It would make sense, but again... When you've promoted it so well, again, marketing was perfect, and it's nothing like that. And the, let's say let's say they got there, they were disappointed because they had to sleep in a hurricane tent on a wet mattress, but the music happened, the festival happened. The contradiction between the promo and the actual real life, the reality, when that was posted up on social media and on vlogs and things, that would at least give people the realisation of what it actually was. So if there was to be a fire Festival 2, or the year after, then they people would have had a clearer understanding of what to expect. Yeah, yeah. The, the promo, again, could have probably been perfect. But the promo, you know, at least they would have had something to fall back on. They could go, well, let's check out this person's vlog so I can actually see what it was like. Didn't even get that far. Didn't happen. This is the importance about starting small and getting bigger. This could have paid off. If, it, if he'd done it in in the US somewhere, say, maybe on a beach, something like that, obviously hotels and whatever, start small, and then got, like, say, five years down the line, got these models in and tried to get on, on the island. There's a bit of backstory to it. There's a bit of clarity in it. Like, well, yeah, I've been to Five Festival before. It's amazing. Yeah. This will be even better. They're trying to walk before they could run. They were trying to put on the biggest festival in the States before even putting on a gig in a pub. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I totally understand what you mean. One, one other thing I've got to talk about as well, actually. You, I'm sure you, you would have seen it, are The food that they were promised and the food that they received. Was it the cheese sandwich or something? It was the cheese sandwich. So they, again, they were promised elite Michelin-starred chef-level quality food and got 
two slices of dry bread with a slice of American style cheese and a little bit of salad on the side. That tweet went viral, I think. I think that, that was the story behind it. Someone posted that picture, it went viral, and that's what got a lot of attention on Fire Festival. I think that's in the negative sense. I, I think that that's the reason for this fire fraud. Yes. Documentaries because the person that posted that kind of started the hashtag fire fraud. No, that's a very good point. Yes, uh, would have totally missed that. I'll be for you. So well done. But yeah, someone working within the festival created a Twitter account called Fire Fraud, and they were being able to see the problems firsthand. And we're updating almost almost like a little bit of a mole kind of thing, you know what I mean? So, look, if you're expecting this to be like top level festival, think again. This is so far from what it's being portrayed as. Please, like, basically, please believe me, I'm here, I can see. We never found out who that was, but someone had the sense to go off the radar a little bit and go, well, I've got to try and tell people because this is a this is a criminal act here. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Watching the documentary itself, it's not like I saw massive crowds of people though. It was all little clusters of people. Yeah. It's almost like it, a lot of people knew it wasn't happening to they didn't go. I never saw hordes of people. you got to bear in mind, they all kept, probably would have come through the same airport. So it would have only ever been a couple of hundred people at a time anyway as a, as a new plane arrives. Yeah, I suppose. It just didn't look like hordes and hordes of people were there. Yeah. Like, queuing up type thing for everything. <laughs> yeah. It just looked like... I don't know, 10, 20, 30 people. Yeah, no, I, I see what you mean. You're right. Although I think they were the first people there. Yeah, to be fair, yeah. By the time the news got back, do you know what I mean? Like, let's say we were on different flights and I got there first and I'm there telling you, Harvey, do, like, I'll, I'll FaceTime you. Do not come here. Look at the state of this. Once the word had got out, that probably saved a lot of people as well. It's a shame because from the start, it sounded like a really good type festival. Now, I'm, I'm not a festival type person, but... You are. <laughs> you will be. I will be. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm all for festivals if, if the right bands are on. No, I'll, I'll go for the bands. Yeah, that's fair. It, it sounded amazing. The marketing was brilliant. Obviously, it's all tickets. But yeah, too many red flags from the start. Yeah, no, I, I agree. RV far too many red flags. Like I said, I spoiled it a little bit. But Billy McFarland got sentenced to six years in a federal court. Um, served four years. I believe he is out. I think he is. He served four years out of six. That's about right from what I understand of, you know, the criminal justice system, which I don't really know much, especially in America, but there you go. Four years he served. I think there was an, I think I read a story actually. He struck up a friendship with a guy from Jersey Shore. Do you know anyone from Jersey Shore, are we? He's, he was like the main guy from Jersey Shore. Do you remember his name? Like Mike. Yeah. The situation. Yes, the situation. Apparently, he uh, formed a friendship with the situation in prison. Says it all, mate. <laughs> Says it all, mate. There you go, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, apparently, Billy McFarlane's out now. You know what? I'm going to be bold and say this isn't the last time we've heard of him. I think this isn't the last time Fire Festival is about. I think a Fire Festival will be successful. I think, I'm not, well, don't get me wrong, I'm not too sure about his uh, conviction. But I'm pretty sure that they would have had a clause in there somewhere that said, look, you can't be the CEO of a business again. Is that a fair thing? Like, is that usually common? Well, that's... that's for, for fraudsters. For fraud, people. yeah. He, his name would have been tarnished, and yeah, he wouldn't have the rights himself. But he could still make the decisions. He, 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 he can still make decisions, but he would have to be at least in a 51-49 partnership where someone else has the yeah. ultimate say. 
there's workarounds, Harvey. Let's be honest. Yeah, there's everything these days. That's it, mate. And uh, and you know what? It's gonna it's gonna happen. Like I said, I wouldn't be too surprised if he let the dust settle a little bit. I mean, it has been like you know four years since his sentencing. So this happened in 2016, I believe. So six years since. I don't think he's going away. I think his ambitions are too big. He even started a podcast while he was in prison called Dumpster Fire, which I've tried to listen to actually because. I love the story. I think it's I think it's a brilliant story, no matter how much of a collapse it was. But yeah, for some reason the uh, the podcast don't load, so that's disappointing. So, is there anything else you want to ha- add, Harvey, just before we uh, round up? Been through everything, kind of like the youth of today, kind of like jumping at tickets, like you said. If you are listening to this, just be careful. Obviously, do your background checks and all that, because obviously you don't just happen to anybody else. Stick to the bigger names type of thing. I mean, the ones that are already there. Yeah. Um, it's not always good to just jump on board any big thing that could be a big thing. Like I said before, I do think this is the end of fire itself. Okay. I think the names are that big now, even though it's ties with the, the fraud and Billy's case, I think a fire will will happen. If it's allowed to, under that name, do you think the company could have been liquidated as part of Billy's sentence? The company is only Fire Media. Fire Festa as a as a festival, could happen but under a different media company. And you know what? Maybe now it would it would almost attract a different kind of audience, almost like a almost like an ironic audience. Like you, you've got to go after you knew how big the first one failed. Do you know what I mean? Like not 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 because you're expecting the world, but because, like you said, it's already a big name, and it didn't even happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Didn't happen in times of fraud, but. People will still want a ticket. That's, yeah. the, that's the funny thing about this day and age. People like you say, f- f- FOMO. Yeah, FOMO for sure. The only thing I want to say of is what we have already said. And I think it's a perfectly reasonable thing to go by. If it sounds too good to be true. It generally is. Generally <laughs> is. There you go, I think. That wraps up the season as well as the episode perfectly, RV. I've enjoyed it. Hope you have too. Always. Please go check out the two documentaries that me and Harvey have referenced in this podcast. One of them is on Netflix, Fire, the part, greatest party that never happened. The other one is a Hulu documentary. It is called Fire Fraud. Also very good, although, like I say, I prefer the Netflix version. Bit of bias there, but you know what? I'm not paid to be. I'm not paid to sit on the fence, are we? I know what you're going to say. I'm not paid at all. <laughs> exactly. <yeah. laughs> but I'm not paid to sit it on the fence. It does hurt to sit on the fence. It does. Don't forget to check out Wolfstat Media on all major social media platforms. Send us your questions and comments. We'd love to hear from you, as always. Please give us some more topics to talk about, because we'll come at you with Season 2, won't we, are we? We will indeed. It's going to be fun and exciting. So thank you for listening, guys. Don't forget to follow for more episodes. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you for listening. Like always, we'll catch you next time, guys. Goodbye. Goodbye.